is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. I was sitting in the office of a successful professional today, and we were having a nice little conversation before we entered into the more professional aspect of our being together. And so I was inquiring, just as a friendly father and grandfather and so on, of my friend, uh, how many children he had. And he said, I have three. They are ages 7, 12, and 13. I believe I have that correct. And my response was, wow, do you ever have your work cut out for you? Indeed, he does. And acknowledge that. Yes, without reservation, acknowledged, indeed I do have my work cut out for me. And the reason is that families are under terrifying attack. They really are. And it's becoming more and more difficult, as you well know, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or neither of the above, you know how difficult it's becoming to raise children God's way. To raise children God's way and to give them a heart for God amid a culture that is doing everything it possibly can to defile their image of God, their expectation of God, and their hope in God. In other words, to replace every hope that they might have with Godlessness and some alternative. We know that nature abhors a vacuum, and that vacuum is being filled, the God vacuum is being filled by Godlessness and by a shift of trust to government and what government has to offer as a counterfeit. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at this matter of uh, raising our families uh, God's way. We're going to take a look at what that really looks like. What it look like in the heart? You see, it's very easy to talk about raising our children uh, to get to college and to be able to get into a good college or to be able to do this, that, or the other, be able to get on a on a prized football team or soccer team or volleyball team or baseball team, whatever it happens to be. But we miss the most important things. And our children don't necessarily know what they're missing until the opportunities are all over, and then eventually they have a sense of loss. What did I miss? Why is it that I have this longing deep inside me, but I don't know how to connect it? I don't know how to connect the dots. Well, today on Viewpoint, we are going to connect the dots, my friend, and I trust that it's going to be a great blessing to you. We were going to be joined today by special friends, Mary, Sarah, Sal, and Frank Garcia, and uh, for some reason, I've been unable to get a hold of them. On the other hand, they have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful book, and I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to share the opportunity to get this book because I know that there are at least a 100 people listening to this program today that are desperate. They don't may not know it yet, but they're desperate to get this book because it is one of the best books 
concerning parenting that I have come across in 28 years of broadcasting. So, is that a high enough recommendation? I hope so. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And today we want to talk about leaving a legacy of faith for generations to come. You see, when people talk about the word legacy, normally they're thinking in terms of money. They're thinking about what I can leave to my children or my grandchildren or my spouse. or And it almost always involves money or furniture or some kind of thing like that, a material thing. But the greatest legacy that we can leave, friends, has nothing to do with material things. It has to do with the heart. It has to do with the legacy of faith that will lay the foundation for generations to come. Interestingly, the father of the Garcia family uh, is both a pastor and also a contractor. And interestingly, uh, if you might well understand that as a contractor, he well understands the need for a foundation. Because if you don't lay a proper foundation, guess what's going to happen when you try to build a superstructure on your make-believe foundation or your Mickey Mouse foundation or your minimal foundation? Guess what's going to happen? When difficult times come, when the winds blow, when the shaking comes, your house isn't going to endure. Your family is not going to endure, and neither are your children. And so this is a very, very important thing that we talk about here today. In fact, you could well say that the future of our country depends upon it. Now, that may you may think that's hyperbole, but it is not. If we really mean and if we really believe that the foundation of our society and the fabric of our society is the family, then we have to admit that somewhere along the way we failed to build the proper foundation. Because look at what's happening with young people. I mean, just think about it. When you have girls that are out there wanting to commit suicide, hand over fist, you have the suicide rate among both girls and boys accelerating dramatically because the suicide rate among their parents is multiplying dramatically. When you realize that even in the so-called Christian realm, that only 9% of professing Christian young people believe in absolute truth, and that only 20% of professing Christian young people believe that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. So, in other words, they're not Christians. They may pretend to be. You may have been fooled to believe that they are because they believe in God. But that doesn't make them a Christian. They don't even believe the most fundamental elements of the Christian faith. They do not believe that Jesus is the Savior, the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man will come to the Father but through Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. So 
what do we need to do? What is it that we're missing? Well, maybe the easiest way to express what we're missing is to go back to a phrase that we use over and over again over the past 28 years on this program. The heart of the matter is always the heart. The heart of the matter is always the heart. So this is not about uh, take me out to the ball game and buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. This is about something far more important, far more profound, and there's nothing wrong, wrong with going to the ball game and peanuts and Cracker Jacks, but it ain't going to save nobody from nothing. But what will? How can we leave a legacy that lasts? We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. How do you parent the heart? Can you do heart surgery? Can you go in there and massage your child's heart? No, you can't do that because we're talking about the spiritual aspect. We're not talking about the physical heart. We're talking about what we really are referring to when we talk about the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is always the heart. So if we really want, if we're really serious, if you're really serious about seeing your children and your grandchildren be nurtured in the ways of the Lord so that their heart is hard after God and not after all the other things in our culture, then something is going to have to change, isn't it? So what is it that's going to have to change? How do we reach our children's heart. Well, first of all, we can't deal with symptoms. That's what we tend to look at. And behavior is how we look at symptoms. So if we're going to define the future by our children's behavior at any given point in time, the future doesn't look very good, does it? Or maybe it looks very good for a short period of time, and then all of a sudden, The behavior breaks loose, and you say, woe is me. So, if we're treating symptoms, just treating behavior, we're not going to get to the heart of the matter. So, if we want to get to the root of family and parenting problems, we have to get to the heart. We have to go much deeper. I remember vividly, Uh, coming out to look at my wonderful uh, landscape there in California uh, beside our driveway. And one day I saw in an azalea bush that there was a what looked like a section that was dead. And I couldn't understand how that section could be there and be dead. So I watched it for a day or two and then curiosity got the best of me. 
And I went over and I gave a little tug on it. And guess what happened? It just slid right out. It was not connected to the root. The branch was not connected to the root. And it died. Now, how it broke off from the root, I do not know. But it was dead. And there was no way to restore it. As parents and as grandparents, we need to understand that we've got to get the plant of our family, of our children, we've got to get to them before their branch breaks off from the root. Because once the branch breaks off from the root, it's going to take a miracle of God beyond anything that you can possibly hope for to graft that broken branch, that branch that has been severed from the root, graft it back in to that original branch and the uh, to the original root and the family. I know of folks right now who are experiencing exactly this situation. And it's painful. It's very painful. I didn't want to see that branch break loose from that azalea because it defiled my landscape. And when a branch, one of our children, breaks loose from the family and defiles the family, it defiles. See, just my, like my landscape, it defiled my, it defiles the family. So, we want to build a solid foundation. Uh, in fact, Jesus talked about that. He said, whoever builds his house on sand is very foolish. But whoever builds his house on a rock, that house is going to stand when the difficult times come, when the winds blow, when the waters are swirling around, and when the shaking occurs. So let me ask you a question. Are the winds blowing yet? Are the, is the ground shaking yet? Is the water rising yet? Do you sense, do you feel the flood of wickedness and unrighteousness sweeping through our culture and sweeping through your town, sweeping through perhaps even your church and your Sunday school, your youth group, your Christian school? It's happening everywhere. And we cannot rely upon those institutions to do the job that God requires of you and me as parents. I was telling my wife just the other day that when our oldest daughter was first born, immediately, almost immediately, the Lord put on my heart, it was as if he put a mantle on my shoulders, on my heart, to begin to take very seriously the parenting of that child. Then when our second daughter came along, the same thing. When our third daughter came along, exactly the same thing. And I would gather those young ladies after I got back from law practice in the evening. After dinner, after we had discussed their day and had relationship there over the, the family table, I would gather them together before bedtime and begin to share with them the word of God. Now, I didn't just read a little passage to them. I told them, I related to them the, the, the uh, gravity, the, the uh, substance of those various biblical accounts and stories so that they came to life 
And as I did that, I put my arms around them so that they knew their father's touch. But in knowing their father's touch, I wanted them to know the father's touch. Because you see, here's the deal. You and I, as moms and dads, and yes, as grandparents now, you and I have been placed by the Lord in a very unusual place. You and I have been placed in the place of God, so to speak, to be his hand, his heart, his mind extended to our kids. Now, if we really caught that vision, don't you think everything would change? I mean, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody, no matter how well-intended you are, we're not going to be perfect. But we are supposed to move on into perfection. That's what the Apostle Paul told us, isn't it? So, if we had been able to connect in with our guests today, Mary, Sarah, Sal, and Frank Garcia, they would have told us that there are four essentials for laying a solid foundation for raising our kids. One is having a strong and healthy soul, mind, will, and emotions. Number two is having an ambassador mindset. In other words, that you and I, as moms and dads, as grandparents, are God's ambassadors to our kids. Now, that puts things in a very dim line. Those kids are not really ours anyway. Now, they don't belong to the government. The government wants to claim them. That's the new mindset out there. The kids don't belong to you, and they don't belong to God. They belong to the government, and you're there to care for the kids for the government. No. That's usurping the place of God. No, you and I, friends, are ambassadors. We are ambassadors anointed by God to touch our children and our grandchildren with the word, the will, and the ways of God on his terms. So that means we're, number three, we're to build the foundation on the, on the word of God. Not on the words of men, not on the words of the uh, popular psychologist of the day, but on the word of God. And then finally, preparing our child's heart for salvation. Now, you and I cannot save our kids. Don't even think you can. You can't save your kids. I can't. In fact, you can't save anybody. Not really. Now, what you can do is throw out a lifeline. There was a song that used to be sung years ago, throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking today. Well, we're to throw out the lifeline. The lifeline is the word the will, and the ways of God. But there has to be a way that you and I can communicate that in ways other than just words. As they say, words are cheap. Why do we say that words are cheap? Well, because it's easy to say something. It's quite another thing to do it. So Jesus' brother, you remember James, he said, So be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So we can actually deceive ourselves as moms and dads, even as grandparents, even as pastors, 
We can deceive ourselves by thinking that by speaking the word, we've done everything that's required, and nothing could be further from the truth. So, the Bible says that blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience and faithfulness to him, and they're going to eat the fruit of their labor. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine. Your kids are going to be like olive shoots around your table. And this is going to be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. So, God is saying that in order to have peace in our country and impact the world for generations to come, in other words, that our family can make a difference, that our place and purpose on this planet can make a difference, there has to first be a healthy soul, the mind, will, and emotions of our children. So what does that mean? Well, it begins with the fear of the Lord. Now, that may be something you don't want to hear, maybe something you didn't expect to hear, but that's exactly what God says. He says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So some of you know I actually wrote a book dealing with this whole subject of the fear of the Lord. It's called The Secret of the Lord. Why is it called The Secret of the Lord? Because in Psalm 125, 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And to them, and only them, by the way, to them, he will make manifest his covenant. In other words, his promises. So if you're not walking in the fear of the Lord, God has made no commitment to you to manifest his promises in you or your family. None. Now, I would urge you uh, to get a copy of that book, uh, The Secret of the Lord. It's a hardbound book, $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or you can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, at the same time, uh, even though our guests were not able to join us today, their book is so wonderful, so helpful and inspiring that I want to make it available to you, along with my book, The Secret of the Lord. Their book is called Raising Families the Jesus Way. Biblical Insights for Godly Parenting and Shaping Future Generations. Now, it's an $18 book, yours for $16. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Again, you can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. And if you're writing a check, add $5 for postage and handling. Now, here's the deal. If you want to get Raising Families the Jesus Way and the Secret of the Lord at the same time, you're going to have $3 reduced from the shipping and handling, so it'll only be $7 for the two books instead of $5 each. So that's that's a special offer today. And uh, those two books together are massively life-changing. Massively life-changing. 
If you walk in the messages of these two books, your family, your life will never again be the same. I can almost guarantee it. In fact, God will guarantee it because it's his word. So, as Christian parents now, we want to reinforce the idea that you and I are called to be ambassadors to our children, to represent the purposes, the character, the methods of God, and not ask, how can I mold my kids to be what I want them to be, but rather to mold them in the fashion that God desires them to be. Wow, it might be a radical difference. Just might. We got to get our priorities right. The beauty of parenting is that God gave you specifically to your kids. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. It is so exciting to be able to catch the vision for raising our children to follow the Lord. We can't control them. God can't even control you. He doesn't even try to control you. Did you notice that? Because if he did, you wouldn't be doing some of the things that you're doing. And you wouldn't be failing to do some of the things you're failing to do. So, We can't control our kids, but what we can do is teach and model godliness for them. So here's here's an encouragement for you. You do your best, and God will do the rest. You make the necessary choices, and God will make the necessary changes. Are you listening? You do your best in obedience to God, and then God will do the rest. But don't think that God's going to do it for you if you don't get involved in the partnership, because he has appointed you and me to be his ambassadors to these kids. So ultimately, our job, our final goal is to raise up our children to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, to obey the Lord, and to receive forgiveness and salvation from the Lord. That's the simple task that we have. Well, it's simply expressed, but now it has to be lived out. So, as the authors of Raising Families the Jesus Way so poignantly say, Gone are the days of obsessing over building our career 
or the number of people in our church while the world and its systems are raising our children instead. We have to present, be present for our children. We have to make them our top priority, more than career, more than ministry, and more than working out, by my friends. We have to saturate them with the word, model Christ to them, establish discipline, nurture, and structure in their lives. This is not, this is a tall order. This is not an easy road, but it's the road that God not only has designed for us, but commands to us. You know what God said about Abraham? He said, I am going to warn Abraham about what I'm about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because he said, I know him, that he will command his children to walk in the ways of the Lord. God knew Abraham that he would command his children in the ways of the Lord. But then there was another dude by the name of Eli, and he was a priest. He was a a priest in Israel, revered, respected for his spiritual leadership, but not so much with his kids. No, even as his kids grew, they became more and more notorious. He allowed them to be involved in the temple and in the religious worship of the people. And they'd go in and they would uh, seduce the women to fornicate and adulterize. They would steal. They would take. They would, they were desecrating the temple. They were desecrating the word, will, and ways of God. And Eli the priest only said little things to him like, you know, that's not very good. That's not very nice. But he did not take authority as a father realizing that he had that responsibility. You know what happened? God caused both he and his sons to die in the same day. And the grandchild that was to be born was named Ichabod. The glory has departed. God does not think very highly of people of men and of women who do not take the responsibility to parent properly. And look at the curse that's come upon our country as a result. Just look at it. The drugs, the alcohol, the fornication, that's before we ever get to homosexuality and transgenderism. We like to focus on those things because we kind of feel like it absolves us of the other things. No. The fornication came before the homosexuality, came before the transgenderism. And even in our churches, we have not done a good job of parenting, even from the pulpits. We've been afraid to do that. Afraid when we would offend somebody. Well, friends, I guarantee you that Eli was profoundly offended when God cursed him and his entire family because he refused to be a a proper father. And yet he was a spiritual leader. So the most important thing that you and I can do as a parent is to prepare our child's heart 
to receive Christ, to stand before him, and getting them into college, you know, that that's fine, maybe, but getting them into heaven and into the kingdom of God is where it's at. So I want to share something with you. Years ago, the Gaither Vocal Band came out with a song that really, really caught my attention. And it caught my attention so greatly that I began to use it oftentimes in teaching and in preaching and uh, exhortation to men. And here was what, what the song went like. Build an ark, build an ark, save your sons and your daughters, build an ark. So here's what I want to exhort us all today to do. Build an ark. You see, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. In other words, the fear of the Lord resulted in Noah's motivation to faithfully build an ark, and it took him 120 years to do it. Now, you only have maybe 18 or 20 years to build the ark for your kids, friends. By the way, just in case you think that somehow by the time your kids turn 18 that you're free and clear, forget it. Once a parent, always a parent. And that's why God held Eli responsible for the sins of his adult sons that he had the ability to bring correction to and to remove them from the travesty that they were accomplishing in his own house. So, how do we do this? In one sense, it's very simple. First, you do it, and then you teach it. Or you teach it, and then you do it. Or you do it and you teach it. <laughs> All of the above. So if you want to, for instance, if you want to have authority with your kids, it boils down to something very simple. You first do it and then you teach it. Now, how can you expect to have authority with your kids when you don't respect God's authority in your life? And they know it. How can you expect your kids to want to give unto the Lord with a whole heart when you don't? I'm just leaving a little pregnant silence there. See, as parents, what we need to do, what God expects us to do, is to display what it means to be a doer of the word. That's what gives us authority in our teaching. But you know what a lot of men try to do? They try to get in there, and they try to order their kids around and take authority when they themselves are not under authority. In fact, they're rebels. How many Christian men have I seen that wanted to be able to take authority in their home, and they tried to do it, but the authority that they took was not godly authority, And their kids don't respect the authority. 
because they're not under authority doing the word, the will, and the ways of God. So here's here's the deal. Very simple. Now, way back in the dim, dark past, when yours truly was in kindergarten and first grade, we had what we called show-and-tell time. Now, I don't know whether they still have that in the schools or not, but I suspect that they do because it's so simple. Show-and-tell. So a kid would come in, and it was expected to come in and have something to show and then tell the class about it. That enabled the child to be able to learn a certain amount of leadership to come before their peers and to be able to talk, be able to explain things. But what God expects, he has a show-and-tell time too. But God's show-and-tell time is, look, you show your children what I am looking for in their lives. Then, after you've shown them, you tell them what it is you showed them. That's God's show-and-tell time. So, in other words, you and I have to be models. And it's often said, you've probably said it yourself, much more is caught than taught. Now, that isn't excuses from teaching. But we have to model the word, the will, and the ways of God. We want to be faithful. And as the song of a couple of decades ago said, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Is that kind of the cry of your heart? And as you're listening to my sharing some of these thoughts with you here today, has the Holy Spirit been speaking in your heart and saying, you know what, uh, this is something I really want you to hear. This is something I've been trying to get across to you for a very long time, and you just haven't seemed to get it. Well, here's the deal. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today. May today be the new beginning for you no matter what your children's ages are. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. My hope for you is that as a result of this program today, your life will be inspired, your children will be touched and inspired, your spouse will be encouraged by the new vision and leadership that you have, 
people will begin to see the change in your family. Don't expect it in a day or two. Rome wasn't built in a day. It wasn't destroyed in a day. You see, these things take time and patience. Aren't you glad that God, as a father, is a patient father? Because if he wasn't, you and I would probably not be around. He wouldn't put up with our shenanigans, would he? So, it requires patience. But it also requires a kind of holy boldness on our part, because patience alone is not the only virtue. No. We have to be bold. We have to be diligent. We have to be diligent about carrying out what God expects us to do. Let me ask you a question. Since we talked about parents being ambassadors, let's suppose that you were named the ambassador to, you name the country, some country you would want to be an ambassador to. Probably not China. But anyway, some country you'd probably want to be ambassador to. And so you're deputized by the President of the United States and his administration, whoever that might be. We're not talking about present. We're talking about just the theory of it. So you're deputized to be an ambassador on behalf of the United States of America and the presidential administration that is then in charge. Now, let's suppose that you get over there in that country, and instead of representing what the country stands for, you begin to change the message. Or your life is so inconsistent with what people would expect to come from your country that you actually begin to defile the very name and reputation of your country. What do you think would happen? Well, I'll tell you what would happen. You might get a warning, maybe, depending on how severe the situation is. And then your ambassadorship would be withdrawn. How embarrassing is that? If your own country withdraws your authority as an ambassador because you refuse to do God's will. Notice, I shift from government now to God, because he's the one that's deputized us to be his ambassadors for our children. Teachers, many teachers, have become familiar with a legal term that's a Latin term, in loco parentis. It means teachers in the place of a parent. Now, unfortunately, that has gone to ungodly lengths where the where teachers in the educational system are seeking to abort parenthood, destroy parenthood, and remove the children from the authority of their parents and place it under the exclusive authority of the teacher and the school district and so on. Under the theory in loco parentis, in the place of a parent. Now let's take that very same phrase now and apply it to your responsibility and mine before God in parenting. We'll put it in, in a kind of Latinized uh, phrase. 
in loco deus, in the place of God. That, my friends, dads, moms, grandparents, that is our role, our God-given role. Now, there are those who want to usurp that. Satan himself wants to destroy that role. Just look around you, and unfortunately, many, many, many so-called Christian parents are succumbing to the evil one and his effort to supplant your authority, your responsibility, and to give it over to ungodliness. Now, here is what one of the daughters, I want to share this little story with you, uh, particularly for those of you who uh, are sports lovers. Sarah was one of the daughters of Mary and Frank Garcia, authors of the book Raising Families the Jesus Way. And what they've done in this book, they actually have uh, breakout sections from each of their kids, which are profound. Here's one from Sarah. She said, I remember the first time my dad bought a basketball hoop for my brother and me. This basketball hoop wasn't any ordinary hoop that you could hang on a garage door. It had its own base with an adjustable neck that you could lift to any height. So when my brother and I tried it out, we didn't know that my dad had already adjusted the hoop to a very low height to cater to our seven-year-old statures. At that low height, shooting hoops and dunking was a piece of cake. So I thought, man, I've really got this thing down. Well, one day, a friend of ours, who was a couple of years older, came over to play. He saw a shortened basketball hoop and started to laugh at how low it was. He told us that if we actually wanted to get good at basketball, we were going to have to raise the rim to the standard height. So he did that, and let's just say basketball got a lot harder. So Sarah says the same is true for parenting. If you want your kids to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and have character, you're going to have to raise the rim in your life so that's the same standard of expectation. If your kids are disrespectful to you, it's because they saw you or your spouse acting disrespectfully toward each other or toward someone else and maybe even toward God. So you're reaping what you sow. So you have to raise the rim of your integrity with your speech, with your prayer, with your quiet time with the Lord. It's going to require more energy and discipline to play, but it will be worth it. In fact, it will be worth it. In fact, we used to sing a song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Well, it'll be worth it all when we see our kids see Jesus, won't it? Isn't that what it's all about anyway? To prepare the way of the Lord in their lives? Why are we so concerned about preparing the way of the Lord in the lives of people in Africa when we don't seem to be caring about preparing the way of the Lord in our own families. Think about it. Now, if you want to be a blessing to your kids, let's bless them the way that God blesses. He blesses those who bless him. He blesses those who obey him. He blesses those who fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. So if we want to bless our kids in this day and age, there are three things that we need to do. One, we need to show them godly affection. 
we need to display godly affirmation. And we need to set the course for future direction. So how do we do that? Well, one way that we can do that is by blessing our kids. That used to be a given, if you read the Bible. And that's what I used to do with our kids. I would lay my hands on them and bless them. Oftentimes, before they went off to school, I would lay my hands on them and bless them. I remember my middle daughter taking her to a particular school and class where uh, she was very needful of what they had to offer. And before she got out, I would lay my hands on her and pray for her and bless her. And it's so important for dads to consistently, lovingly, and tenderly embrace their kids. Now, here's what I suggest. Don't just give them a quickie hug. Give them a real hug. Give them a real embrace. It can be tender but tough at the same time. Maybe a whole minute. And then tell them how much you love, how much you're praying for them, how much you believe in them. Isn't that really what we want God to do as our Heavenly Father? We used to sing a song. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. And as the song goes, something happened. And now I know. He touched me and made me whole. Raising godly kids today so that they can transform tomorrow. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And this message is not just for parents, but for grandparents. Grandparents, this is not a time to just be spending all our time chasing hobbies and going around running and chasing a ball around a golf course somewhere. There's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But is that our priority? No, we need to catch a new vision, a godly vision, a kingdom vision. Maybe that's why Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. Now, do you believe that? Then let's act accordingly. Let's be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving our own selves and leaving our kids in the lurch. Thanks so much for joining us here today on Viewpoint. Biblical insights for godly parenting, shaping our future, the future generations. That's the hope for the future, friends. That's the only hope for America, too. Not in elections. It's in our election to do what God wants us to do right there where we live in our own homes. Get a copy of this wonderful book, Raising Families the Jesus Way. It's an $18 book. Here's for $16. You can get it on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, 
P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Let's, let's all get involved and uh, be in loco deus, that is, in the place of God, as we become his ambassadors to touch the lives of our children, no matter what their ages, whether it be 7, 13, and uh, 15, or whether they be even in their 30s and 40s. Always a parent. Once a parent, always a parent. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, the other book that we offered was The Secret of the Lord. The Secret of the Lord is with them who fear him, uh, and to them he will fulfill his covenant. I almost guarantee you, you've never read a book like this. It shows you how every single promise of God, including salvation itself, is predicated on the foundation of the fear of the Lord. And we've lost it. We've forgotten it. It hasn't been taught or preached for generations now. The Holy Spirit is starting to stir. Ever since I wrote that book, I've been seeing it come in different aspects now around the country. Get your copy. Get your copy today. It's a $20 hardbound book. Yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. And if you want to get both of these books together, you can do that, Raising Families the Jesus Way and also The Secret of the Lord. Uh, and what you'll do is add $7 postage and handling for the two books. In other words, you're going to save uh, $3 that way. It's not about selling books, friends. That's not what we're about. We're about communicating a message that will change lives and prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. I hope you see it that way. Would you seriously consider becoming a partner with us? We're very soon nearing 28 years on the air, live every single day, and every program is fresh and different. Have you noticed that? Every program. So, become a partner. Go to our website, make your generous gift. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us. And I appreciate so much your notes, your letters, and so on. God bless. Let's be the parents who God would have us to be. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.